welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. I'm Michael Shapiro, editor of News and Technology at North Star Meetings Group. And I recently caught up with entrepreneur and investor Marco Giberti to discuss event technology and what might be in store, given the circumstances currently facing the world and the meetings industry in particular. Marco is the founder and CEO of Vesuvio Ventures, a consultancy that advises startups. And he has more than 25 years of experience himself as a CEO and entrepreneur in the media, events, and tech industries. We discussed a bit about what we've learned so far about digital communications over the past few months and what Marco expects to see from the technology that will facilitate our meeting in the future. Again, thanks for taking the time to chat. I thought maybe we could just start the conversation by, if you could take just a moment to describe what like what your role is in terms of event technology and what you're doing with Vesuvio Ventures and, and how you're interacting specifically with, uh, with event technology and event technology companies. Let me give you two minutes background on my previous life, if, if I may, because it's probably going to make the story a little bit better. But I started my career with Apple working on marketing, and I immediately realized that I was not a corporate guy, and I was always dreaming with my own ideas and ventures, and, and I quit to start a B2B publishing and an events company. Fast forward, I started three companies from scratch around media, technology, and live events and spent the next 25 years pretty focused on those three verticals. On the events perspective, I did a joint venture with Read Exhibitions, and I was their partner for 12 years. And after exit that joint venture, I started Vesuvio around 10 years ago, in my early 40s. And I had the classic midlife crisis thinking about what do I want to do next. And my, my main uh, focus was Number one, I don't want to do a startup from scratch again. I did it three times. I know how it feels, and that's not an option. Number two, I want to keep working on stuff that is relevant and and fun for me. And that was basically investing time, advising, and helping big corporations what they want to invest time and money on technology around live events technology, media technology. I invest on my own as, as an angel investor, venture capital investor, and I co-invest with those big companies. And I also advise startups and big corporations when they need to rethink digital transformation. And my personal passion is around the, what I call the intersection between live events and technology. And I wrote a, I co-wrote a book about it, The Face of Digital, three years ago, and I'm writing a new book based on all these crazy times that, that we're living. But that's my personal passion, and I'm, I'm very, very excited. And as I said, I, I invest and advise startups and big companies when they want to experiment around the space. Uh, you're in a very uh, uh, appropriate position then for seeing how this is playing out and, and, and maybe have some uh, insight into how the pandemic and the challenges we're facing now might play out for future uh, pivoting in terms of the technology landscape. 
you've been writing a lot about that. I've noticed in addition to the book you're writing, I'm seeing a lot of your blog posts just talking about how this is a, a challenge that is really going to separate the true innovators from, from those who can't, right? Yes. And I honestly believe that what's happening with COVID with this whole situation is that it's accelerating 10 or 20 years into one or two years, which means we're going to see changes that were very, very slow because honestly, the events industry was in a pretty good spot, growing, highly profitable, comfortable in so many ways that innovation and change was not a priority because the business was pretty healthy. This whole situation and reality is changing that situation on a way that every single event owner, meeting planner, venue, vendor is rethinking the way to survive. And because of that, we're all accelerating technology engagement and changing, rethinking our business dramatically. And I think that that's a fantastic opportunity for our industry to reinvent and to provide better return of investment to all stakeholders, more transparency and a better value proposition. This challenge might be speeding things along in terms of the innovation rather than forcing us to change entirely our way of thinking. Is, is that kind of what you're saying, that it's... These are, these are changes that sort of needed to be made anyway that we're going to be forced to make now? Yes. I honestly believe that our industry was ready for more innovation and accelerating innovation at least for the last 10 years because many of the technology that everyone is asking me today, it's available for five or 10 years, which means this is not a technology problem. This is a cultural problem. Mm. Uh, I think that our industry needs to rethink value proposition be more transparent and efficient for all stakeholders. And these are exhibitors, sponsors, visitors, speakers, you name it. And the technology is there for quite a long time, but the engagement was super slow because, as I said, it was not urgent. If you talk with the big organizers, if you talk with the, basically with everyone, the industry was in a pretty good situation. That's why change was so slow. It's not what you guys saw in the media business 10 years ago, where the transformation was dramatic and fast. As you know, events transformation was pretty slow and marginal. Primarily, the technology you're referring to here is, is for having you know, digital events or virtual events, uh, being able to communicate the way we're doing right now online. Yes what? and no. Of course, virtual events, it's, it's mandatory today, but mm. it's a short-term solution. The real change is moving from the traditional face-to-face -face model into a better model, adding digital as part of the overall marketing plan, which means the events could and should start way before through digital, engage the community on a better way, and activate face-to-face -face on a significantly more productive way with less uh, hassle, less cost, and more return of investment. And, and technology is part of that solution. It's not the only solution, but it's a significant part of that solution. This is also from what, what we've been covering for a number of years, is just that, the, the need. Um, and there are certainly, as you pointed out, a lot of products out there that help show organizers do that, create this digital connection to make the face-to-face -face interaction more efficient. When you're talking about true innovation and, and where we might go next, can you point to any examples or, or any themes in what's going to define those true innovators? How, how we're going to be able to see what, what's going to characterize those who are most successful moving forward? I think that innovation will come from small startups 
brilliant entrepreneurs building and thinking out of the box. And, and probably it's going to come from outsiders uh, because they're going to approach our industry with a beginner's mindset in some way. And they're going to rethink part of the problem. I'm around events for 25 years. And my challenge is I saw many experiments during the last couple of decades that didn't work. And virtual events is one of them. Virtual events is 20 years old. It's not new and, and never was never relevant, which means for a guy that is around for such a long time, like me or many other industry colleagues, it's difficult to think that this time is going to be different. For the new and fresh outsiders, they don't care. And I'm talking with those guys every day because part of my technology role is work with those guys and help them to translate their geeky roots and, and way of thinking into the event organizer world. And those guys are coming with a different agenda, which means I think that going back to your question, the innovators, the real dramatic, deep innovators are probably going to be coming from that angle. This doesn't mean that the big guys are not going to innovate, but it's way more difficult for them because they need to keep four or 500 shows alive. They need to keep the core business and value proposition alive. And it's not, you know, I was part of Reed for many years. I understand how those companies works. And it's not easy to rethink your business dramatically in, in 12 months because you have such a massive legacy in terms of your existing assets, events, business model, and more important, culture. I think that this is a cultural issue and not a technology issue. Event organizers need to think more as digital guys and less as operations, hospitality guys, because the business is going to move more into content, digital engagement, and less into food and beverage and hotel services. And people like you, uh, analysts, have been pointing to this for a number of years, that the mindset does have to change to a more digital one. I was telling a good friend of mine that's part of the industry, again, for quite a long time. He's a, he's a very well-known guy and, and running one of the big public companies. That this is, for me, this is like being in, in Disneyland. This is paradise because... Now everyone is saying, yes, technology needs to be part of the solution. And I'm pretty convinced that this is the case for at least 10 years, which means timing is great for guys like me because, number one, I spent a couple of decades as a traditional organizer, but now I spent 10 plus years as a, as a tech-focused person, which means I believe that most of the problems that I still experiment as an event organizer are going to be fixed by technology. And many of the challenges about monetization, which is a huge challenge, as you know, nobody's making real money with virtual events. Many of the solutions are going to be coming from a clever integration between digital monetization and physical face-to-face -face monetization, which is one of the interesting uh, learnings that we're going to see in the next couple of years. Can you talk more about that in terms of any details or, or what you're hearing from some of the more innovative minds that you're talking to? It's not secret to say that if you have a $10 million trade show and you move into virtual, if you make 10% of that, you're a genius, which means nobody is replacing traditional revenue into digital revenue. It's very, very difficult. Buyers, sponsors, brands are not ready to pay digital as they do on traditional events. Having said that, I don't think that we're going to live into a virtual environment forever. This is a short-term problem, and probably late this year, early next year, God knows when, we're going to go back to the new normal. And the new normal, again, God knows how it's going to look, but 
in theory, we're going to be able to go and start interacting on around live events. And, and I think that the big live events are going to have a challenge, at least longer than the smaller events. I think that we're going to see a new wave of smaller and regional events again, because people are going to think twice before jumping on planes and crossing the world for a two days meeting, which means I believe that that opportunity is going to generate smaller physical events with incremental digital revenues on top of that. I, I Now everyone is talking about hybrid. I think that again, hybrid is not new, but now the industry, the buyers, the visitors, the sponsors are ready for that. And we all have a crash course of Zoom during the last three months, which means now everyone knows what is Zoom or Uber conference or you name it. Three months or four months ago, it was not as friendly as today in the big world. Now you have billions of people which are ready to jump on a video call right away. And this includes B2B as well. It's interesting. And man, because uh, also you're reminding us that none of this is new. This trend towards hybrid events, was it was a big theme coming out of the recession, uh, 2009. Correct. The buzz about it was very loud then, and it died out as people were able to travel again and, and the purse strings were loosened a little bit. Uh, now, of course, we have uh, restrictions beyond just the budgets in terms of when we're going to be able to travel again. So as we move towards these smaller events, you think that will, that will help the, the hybrid events to really take hold this time? Yes, because there is a different mindset from the brand, the exhibitor, the sponsor, which means I, I'm spending a lot of time talking with big corporate organizers and, and brands. I, and I spent time during the last couple of months talking with Microsoft, SAP, Salesforce, and I'm talking about technology companies because probably they're going to be innovating a little bit faster than other industries. But those guys realized, as they realized that probably employees could be productive not going to the office, and Twitter said, if you don't want to come back, no problem, and many others will follow. They also realized that they can be significantly more efficient with their events investment. And companies like Salesforce, as you know, they invest many millions of dollars per year producing their own events and going to third-party events. The efficiency is very difficult to measure. The ROI is extremely complicated, as you know, in the events industry, and that's one of our main problems. That's why our NPS is so low, and that's why it's so difficult for the new generation of marketing people to understand why the hell should I invest millions of dollars in live events if I'm having such a hard time measuring ROI. And if I put the same money into digital marketing tools, I know exactly my ROI. The, the thing that a hybrid events is going to have a second life opportunity is because right now you could be running smaller events slash VIP events for the top buyers and sellers to meet, and you can augment that community through digital on a super efficient and cost-effective way. That opportunity was there before, but the need was not there because, again, the industry was working reasonably well for everyone, and the need for going deeper into transformation was not as obvious as it is today. Let's get back to the innovation aspect of it, because uh, as we keep saying, uh, there are companies that have been pr providing viable ways of doing these these hybrid events for quite some time. We have established companies that have specialized in that. We have a number of companies that are looking at the event tech uh, landscape and saying, you know, what we were doing 
it really wasn't that different. Right? We, we just have to make a little bit of a pivot now to do virtual events. And, and so we're getting a lot of uh, marketing for that, for companies that weren't previously specializing in this. But you're saying, let's look to some of those companies that are outside of this business. Those are the ones that might bring true innovation. Uh, and, you know, no offense to those who are, who are doing their best marketing pivots now within the industry. What kinds of ideas are you seeing now that are starting to grow from outside the industry? A couple of concrete examples. I got a call from uh, an ed tech, education technology company, a month ago. Very successful startup. They raised, you know, 50 plus million dollars education technology uh, on the creative vertical. And the founder told me, look, we're doing live virtual events for years. We did thousands of these. We are an education technology company, but now we realize there were probably a live events company with a virtual focus. And I think I'm having conversations like that on a regular basis with ed tech companies that now they're realizing that their their potential universe of customers is way bigger because of this. And those guys are 10x more sophisticated producing those sort of virtual events than any event organizer, because that's the world for 10 years. That's a simple example of how new technology categories can easily pivot into competing with uh, the webinars of this world pretty fast, doing a way better job. And, and it's funny because now everyone is a virtual event expert during these days, and you have hundreds of webinars with, with agencies or people saying, yes, we're virtual event experts. But honestly, I don't think that there are too many real solid experts in the traditional event organizer world because the skill set is completely different. Now, if you look education technology companies, their, their core business for years was around that was around blended education, coexisting digital plus face-to-face. Those guys are way more sophisticated than us on those sort of examples. Retail technology is another example. Retail technology, because of how retail is struggling for quite a long time, is experimenting with customer engagement, sensors, and many technologies that are very interesting. Some technologies could be easily used on on the traditional live events industry because at the very end we're meeting customers buyers with sellers which means some industries are very interesting benchmarks for us and some founders and, and entrepreneurs are doing very interesting stuff that could be used in our industry rel- relatively fast with very marginal code and product adjustment I love those examples. I mean, uh, a company coming from the the education side of things, this is their specialty in in terms of really specializing in online learning and making sure that the audience is connecting and engaged and getting their uh, return from the time they're investing in participating in these online events, right? And then with retail, you know, they've been pointed to as an example for any number of things, uh, location-based marketing technology for big shows or wearables. Are these the kinds of things you're talking about that we've seen a little bit in the trade yes. show world? Yes. Let, let me give you an example that is, at least for me, it's, it's fascinating. Um, I'm a shareholder on, on a technology event organizer, and my partner did an experiment on, on that show. Uh, using sensors on the convention center and integrating those sensors with the mobile app, facilitating matchmaking between buyers and sellers on site, which means if you're walking the show 
And I know based on data that your buyer profile match the seller profile, I can send you a text notification saying, hey, Marco, 10 meters away from you, you have this company that is providing these services that you are interested. You can have a meeting with them in 45 minutes. Are you interested? Yes. Click here and you have the meeting in your schedule right away. On a small universe, I don't remember exactly the numbers, don't quote me on the numbers, but let's say seven or 8,000 visitors, we generated more than 40,000 meetings that they were not originally planned. And those meetings were basically technology-driven, which means existing technologies. We put a little bit of creativity between integrating sensors plus the mobile app and the matchmaking solution, but again, all those technologies are available for quite a while. It's nothing revolutionary. It's nothing super new. It's just some creative founder and, and, and event organizer, entrepreneur saying, okay, I will use these technologies which are used on retail, which are used on some, some technologies around sports or festivals are very interesting for B2B as well because the fan engagement that you can identify can be easily replicated into a B2B environment, which means... I, I, I keep saying there are more than 4,000 event technology startups, $3.5 billion invested, probably way more now in the category. You have enough technology alternatives. It's not that you're not going to be able to find the technology that you need to fix your problem if you're a meeting planner or event organizer. Is that you were probably not paying attention or this was not a priority for you. And probably now your priority list is different. So another example of this challenge hurrying along this process that we've been very slowly adopting for, for a long period of time. Happening all along the food chain from venues, convention centers, vendors, everyone is struggling to identify what's next and how can I reinvent my business. This has been great insight. I want to throw one more question your way, just in terms of these new ideas that are coming in. What about, are, are you hearing new pitches and new perspectives based on the new needs that we're going to have post-COVID? And, and the sensors example that I just gave you is a fantastic tool. Uh, through sensors, you can uh, set social distancing, which means through your badge, uh, you're going to be able to identify if someone is less than six feet away from you and, and you can have a notification. That's a small example about how technology can really help um, in terms of social distancing, in terms of uh, different healthy rela health-related topics uh, inside venues. Um, yes, technology is going to be a massive part of the solution. And I am talking with organizers and venues and vendors every day, and they're really paying attention, and they're really investing time and money building those new normal uh, situations uh, ready uh, as, as fast as possible. That's good. And I, I love your example, too, because we're talking about the same kind of matchmaking technology that uh, is alerting you, hey, there's someone over there you should talk to. But now it's saying, but wait, don't don't get too close. <laughs> yeah, at least without your mask. Or, or <laughs> Right, exactly. Keep your distance. And again, it's funny because the technology is exactly the same. You just need to adjust the notification, which means it's not rocket science to do that really fast.
I, I hope that was useful, uh, Michael. I just sent you a, a LinkedIn uh, contact. I'm happy to be in touch. If you see anything that I'm writing that is interesting for your audience, feel free to reach out. Or if you have any specific topic related to events innovation, technology innovation, feel free to reach out. Uh, I'm always happy to, to talk with media that is covering the space. Excellent. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review us and check back for new episodes soon.